0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Small Town Tourist Podcast, where we experience and explore everything that makes small towns great. I'm your host, Abby, and today we are heading to my hometown of Long Prairie, Minnesota. We are talking with Heidi from the Minnesota Paranormal Research Society about a really cool event they have coming up on Halloween at a historic home in Long Prairie. It's the Christie Home located right on Main Street. I am all too familiar with this neck of the woods. I saw something on Facebook That caught my eye, which prompted me to reach out to Heidi. There was a paranormal investigation that happened at the Christie home at the end of September this year. And they had some pretty compelling research come from this investigation. And we are gonna dive deeper into that. We're gonna get into Heidi's background with the group as well as her job, and her business that she runs down in St. Louis Park. So I'm so excited to have Heidi on the podcast this week and talk all about the Christie home in Long Prairie, Minnesota. Please enjoy. Okay, well, we will get started then. Like I said, you give your name, where you're from, and what you do.
1: Hi, my name is Heidi Steffens, and I am the organizer of Minnesota Paranormal Research Society. I also own a business called My Spirit Experience, which is based out of St. Louis Park, Minnesota.
0: I am so excited to be talking to you, Heidi. We have a lot to get into. I am fascinated by this entire world of paranormal and spirits. And the big thing we're going to be talking about today is an event you have coming up in my hometown of Long Prairie, which is at the Christie home. So let's start out by talking about the Minnesota Paranormal Research Society. How did that get started?
1: So that was started back in 2008, and um, it was a few people. uh, There was a founder that started it. A few people joined. I was one of them that joined in the very beginning, and it has grown from there, and the original founder has moved on, but I I took over uh, probably about nine years ago, and we just celebrated our 15-year anniversary, and it's an open group through meetup.com. So the cool part about this, which is unusual for for paranormal groups is that anybody can join. It is not limited. So over the years, we've had over 2,400 people come through our group and be somewhat active to very active depending on their, their wants and needs. So that's what's so fun about it is we get to meet a lot of people, we get to teach paranormal to anybody that's interested and it's an open group. So it is really Minnesota Paranormal Research Society.
0: That's so cool. So what exactly do you guys do? Do you have like a schedule of places that you hop around to? Do you kind of field questions from people and go where people are interested? How does that work?
1: Yeah, all of it, actually. Um, We have a, a meetup every month that anybody can come to it's in St. Louis Park, and so we talk about all things paranormal, and it's a place where people can, if even if they're part of another paranormal group, they can come to this and meet like-minded people. We can talk about locations that are interesting to go to. We can talk about people's experiences. You know, it's really a safe place for people to talk about things that they may not be able to talk about with people in their lives. So it's, and it's, you know, we talk about all things paranormal. So it's really a fun, fun monthly meeting. We've been doing it for 15 years and we do paranormal investigations. So uh, there's paranormal classes, there's investigations, there's events because it's such a large group. We don't typically advertise and do small individual, um, or, you know, home investigations that we post on there because we'll have 150 people sign up to want to go and you can't do that with a small investigation. So we'll post more of the events and classes through the, the website. And then as people become really active, um, you know, they really want to be a part of it, they, you know, we reach out to them and say, hey, do you want to be a part of this small team investigation? And it gives them an opportunity to get some real hands on experience.
0: That is so cool. I love that you guys are providing kind of like a safe space for this, because I know this topic can be really touchy, especially if you get out into more rural communities where it is more like faith focused, the whole town centers around a bar and a church. Like People don't always openly share the stories, or if they have stories, they don't know where to go to share the stories. So it's cool that you guys are providing that outlet for them.
1: Yep. Yep, exactly. I mean, there's so many there's so many times, I can't even count how many times we've helped people that didn't have anywhere else to turn and things were happening that they couldn't understand. And, um, and sometimes we've, we've worked with churches too to help out the, the families or the businesses. They've, they've asked you know, us to be called into these locations to help partner with them to figure out what's going on.
0: So, what is your I know you said you've been in since the beginning. What's kind of your role right now? What do you specifically do with
1: the group? I run the Minnesota Paranormal Research Society, so I'm organizing all of the events. I do have people helping me out. I could not do this, especially for fifteen years without people helping me, so I'm very grateful for that. Uh, but it's really setting up events, coordinating you know where we're doing whatever we're doing, uh, making sure that that people have resources to you know if they need help with anything um so it's really just organizing a lot of the events planning you know how often we should do things and uh giving people an op you know an opportunity to sign up for things so it's really just the organizing and coordinating and then when we're actually doing the event i'll be leading the event and pulling together a team that can help um, like some of these events that we've run we just had a class uh, last night so we'll We'll break it down into smaller teams. And so I have people that have investigated with me for years that I'll ask, hey, do you want to lead a team? And so it's organizing the people that are helping run these events as well. And then we do it. I mean, I'm not just sitting back and organizing. I'm in it investigating along with everybody else.
0: That's awesome. So what does an investigation
1: typically look like for your group? Well, it depends on the size of the location and what type of investigation it is. So uh, we've had investigations where you don't have to have any experience and we are very, you know, hands on, right with you. You don't have to worry about any, anything. You don't have to have any experience and we're going to walk you through it and it's going to be really safe. We do investigations like that where, you know, there might be more people than I would typically want for a smaller location you know we'll open it up to you know 15 20 30 people and then we'll break down into small groups too because it's it's more fun and usually we get more evidence that way if you have smaller groups or you have more things usually happen we'll you know be contacted by an owner or a house a a homeowner or a business owner and we'll set up the you know the who what where depending on the size of the location we'll set a time and date we'll go investigate and then it's evidence review, which can take weeks sometimes, <laughs> depending on how many pieces of equipment that we're using during the investigation. And uh, then we we follow up with the business owner or the homeowner and, and show them what we got and say, what do you now what do you want us to do? I mean, that's one of the primary objectives when we get a contact from anybody is say, well, what do you what's your goal? Do you just want proof that something's going on and you really like what's happening here? Or or do you not want this to continue and you want this to stop? What do you want from us? And so that's the main thing in paranormal investigating is finding out first what the homeowner wants. But then if we find during the investigation that there is something paranormal happening, because it's not always the case, even if there's uncertainty or strange things happening, it doesn't always mean it's paranormal. But if it is, and we find that we can contact or be in touch with, whoever it might be we have to find out what they want too because this isn't just about what the humans want you know if the human is happy with their haunting and the the there's a spirit there that's struggling or suffering because they're stuck there that's not okay so we need to make sure it's good for both sides and and so that's our main goal going anywhere whether it's a large location small location it doesn't matter. We want to make sure that's good for everybody.
0: That's awesome. I love that you guys are doing the follow-up work on that too, because it is a huge part of it. I'm an avid watcher of ghost adventures.
1: Okay. <laughs> and yep.
0: they make it seem like everything happens in like 24 to 48 hours. I'm well aware that's fabricated for TV. There's a lot more work that goes into it. And I love to hear that you guys are going, okay, well, we're going to try to help not only the living, but also those that have passed on. We want to make sure we're doing what's best for everyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because it, it can't be one-sided. It's, it's not fair and it's not right. You know, it's not paranormal investigating is because we want to know we'd like more information. We're trying to figure this out, like what's next, right? But my idea and my team, you know, when we do this, we're not there to use someone's suffering as a form of entertainment or study for ourselves. That's not it at all. We would never do that. So if we come across any being that is suffering or struggling or confused and needs help, we will help them as best we can. And if we can't, we will find someone that can because we're not about getting our entertainment through someone else's struggle or suffering. It's just not it's not OK.
0: It's an energetic exchange. And you want to make sure that you're putting good out into the world and good will come back to you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, Exactly.
0: So I'm on your website right now and I'm seeing some really cool and creepy pictures. Do you have a favorite investigation
1: that you've ever done? Oh boy, we've investigated for 15 years. So I don't know. <laughs> kind that of a loaded be, question. That might be a tough question. Between what I do with my day work, my work and paranormal investigating, I don't know. I just, I'm so grateful that I can do this full time as well. This is my job. So, I mean, I don't know that I could pick a favorite. You know, watching people have experiences their first time investigating and really being amazed that for me is the biggest win you know is is having an experience that can be validated and and then seeing something go all the way to completion where they get to see that someone on this side of the veil is is happy and and things are taken care of but also those on the other side of the veil they get to move on too and if people can actually witness that or understand that this is happening, that's such a huge win for me. I love that. That's that's the best part. Well, what a cool world
0: to introduce new people to. And the fact that you've got to do it for over a decade now, it
1: just must be so rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yep, it is. And like I said, I do this for my job as well. I work in the spiritual realm, and it's just I'm super grateful.
0: So I'm fascinated by all things paranormal, spiritual. Tell me more about what you do as your day job as well.
1: My business is called My Spirit Experience, and I work with people all day, every day. Again, I, it's more in the, I'll say, spiritual side of things where my investigating side is more of the paranormal. So if I can find a way to divide it up, I would do it that way. So this is uh, more where I'm doing uh, spiritual consultations, intuitive readings, Reiki energy work, you know, healing work. I run women's circles. I teach a lot of classes on intuition and healing. So it's really, there's like two sides to what I do. And I would break it up that way where my business is much more of the spiritual and healing and then the paranormal is really where it's the investigative side. So it it's a cool balance, too, which I love.
0: How did you get into that spiritual healing side?
1: I have been intuitive my whole life, and I grew up being able to see, hear, feel beings, spirits, things that a lot of people couldn't, and it was really scary for me. So as I got older, into my 20s, I realized this isn't going away. It's getting harder to figure out and manage. I've got to figure out what I'm supposed to do with this. So through quite a bit of exploration and study, you know, reading, uh, this was before the internet. So (laughs) it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a challenge, but I started learning about, you know, that this, this kind of stuff can be normal for people. And as I got older, I was able to expand and start meeting people, taking classes, things like that. So once I got into my my 30s, I was actually starting to work with it instead of fear it. And so I've been doing that for about 20 years now. And it turned into something that I was able to do full time again. Basically, I'm doing what I would have wanted help with when I was younger. I'm that person that I would have wanted to go to and say, it's okay. You're okay. Let's figure this out. I'll help you figure this out so that you can feel grounded normal, um, safe, and maybe explore it when you're ready. And uh, so that is that I love doing is is kind of being that person that I wish I would have had when I was growing up.
0: That is such a wonderful full circle moment to look yourself in the eye in the mirror and go, I am what I needed when I was growing up, and I can be that for other people. That is absolutely incredible. I am so proud of you for that. I mean, it feels weird being a stranger and telling someone that I'm proud of them, but I'm proud of you for doing that. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm very grateful. I mean, there are people struggling out there
1: that might be seeing, hearing, feeling
0: things and just not knowing where to turn.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's not always spirit. I mean, sometimes It's just energies, you know, people feel things from other people. They feel things from places and there's so much there's everything is energy. And sometimes there's a lot of energy and people can be more sensitive than others and they just they don't know what to do with it. So it can be really scary or bring about some uncertainty that, you know, people just they don't know where to turn. And there aren't a lot of places sometimes to turn or you don't know who you can trust. You know, you look up on the Internet you know, intuitive services or whatever, and you just, you don't know, you're, you're looking at who knows how many pages come up on the internet of possible resources, and then who do you trust?
0: Yeah. And now TikTok is a huge part of that. I'm I'm chronically on TikTok. I am full on addicted to it. And lately I've been on the side of like tarot card readings and they're like, oh, we're reading for the collective energy and I get sucked into it. And I'm like, I don't know if these people are like just faking it for the attention. Do they actually have good intentions behind it? I don't know, but I'm sitting here consuming it and that's probably not too good for me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you just have to, you know, hopefully trust your instincts. If it feels okay, it seems right, that it's probably okay, because there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of great people that do this, and really have honest, um, you know, trustworthy intentions. But there are some things out there that are just not good. They're, you know, they're just, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything down. But it, there's just stuff out there that is not okay. And so you just have to Do your best to navigate the waters. Um, It's always good when you can ask for referrals from people, people that have done this with someone and they had a really good experience that you keep, you know, that you can take their, their advice and maybe visit that person, uh, you know, and sometimes you just have to try it and see what happens. And if it doesn't feel right, it's not sitting well with you, then just let it go. Don't worry about it. And, and it's all good. So Yeah. It's a, it's just like anything, you know, it's like going and buying a car or a house or whatever you do the best you can. And, you know, if you have questions, you hope that you can find someone that you can ask for some good advice.
0: Yeah, for sure. I worked closely with a medium. I was a radio DJ for years in St. Cloud and we had medium Michelle on and I just had such a great connection with her. And yeah, it's all about building that trust and that connection. And if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, that is what it is.
1: You know what? There's someone out there for everybody. So yeah, if you're if you're not vibing with someone, there's someone else out there for you that it's probably going to be great to work with and and it's all good. So yeah, you just have to trust and and go with it.
0: It's just a matter of finding that right person. What advice would you have for someone who might be seeking some sort of spiritual healing help? What's the best route to go to start looking for a person other than just, you know, going to you? <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I mean, start, you know, find friends that you're comfortable talking to this about. I mean, not everybody is comfortable talking with, you know, just anybody. But if you have a couple of close friends and just say, hey, here's where I'm at. Have you ever done anything like this? Have you heard about anything? Um, Because word of mouth, again, when people go to someone that's reputable, they're going to want to share that uh, that information with someone. So if someone is really struggling it's always best to ask for help. Just start talking to someone you trust and ask them, do you know, do do you have any advice? Do you have, can you point me in in some kind of direction? And if they don't know, they're probably going to know someone that knows, oh, my friend's really into this. Let me ask her, him or whoever. And so that's the best thing that I could say is just don't be, don't be silent. Don't wait. And eventually, you know, the internet's only going to help you so much. You've got to actually get, With a person, you know, that's, that's the best thing, because someone that you can ask questions, they can answer your questions. It's personal to you, that they're going to be able to walk with you on your journey. That's tailored to you. It's the best thing you can do.
0: Real human connection.
1: Mm hmm. Yep. That will always be a good thing.
0: Yes, for sure. So the big reason that I wanted to talk to you guys today is the Christie home investigation that you guys have coming up on Halloween. I found out about this because pictures were shared from an investigation that you guys did back in September. Were you on that one? Yes.
1: Yep. Okay. I was that was just a couple weeks ago and it was awesome.
0: Walk me through that. Let's start at the very beginning. How'd you guys hear about going to the Christie home in Long Prairie?
1: So we were approached by the Christie Home Board last year. They asked us if we would help them start to bring paranormal into their museum because they're looking for another avenue for fundraising, as are a lot of nonprofits. They have had experiences in their home that they consider paranormal, and they thought this might be an interesting avenue to start exploring, building up some more revenue. For fundraising and they asked us if we'd help and they wanted to do it in a way that would not create a spectacle you know this is something that you know they they take their their work very seriously at the home this is a beautiful location and they don't want to turn it into a three-ring circus so we said that we'd be happy to help them we'll do it however makes sense for them you know whatever feels right for them and so we've been working for a year on this project. And last year we did do an investigation because they said, if you're going to do this, you need to see if it's if it's actually haunted or not. So we want you to come visit. And so last year on October 30th, we did an investigation. And not only is the home beautiful, we had some pretty interesting things happen that we thought, you know what, there's something here. There's something going on. And this would be a very cool place for people to try investigating for the first time or come if they're seasoned investigators. So that was last year. This year, we've started planning a few events to, you know, just get the ball rolling. Nothing really big at this point with, you know, lots of events. We're just doing a couple of really cool events this year. The first one was the paranormal investigation in September. And again, it's a fundraiser. So we opened it up to you know, uh, quite a few people, I think we had about 20, almost 20 people there. And it was some, some of the folks there it was their first time investigating. But again, that's, that's my jam, right? Getting <laughs> first timers out, and in a safe way, exploring the paranormal. So we broke down into three teams, they had had a history tour at the beginning of the event just to get the the lay of the land, the, you know, some knowledge about the Christie house and to tour the beautiful home. And then we broke down into some small groups and we, we did our paranormal investigation and it was, it was loads of fun. I mean, it was interesting too. I mean, people were really, really, you know, taking this in and thinking, wow, this is a thing, this is happening. And, and then of course, there's evidence review afterwards. And that's where we start seeing even more than we realized was happening during the event is where you start to see, hmm, our equipment actually captured a few other things that we didn't know were happening.
0: What kind of equipment do you guys have on hand when you're doing these investigations?
1: Typically, we are using different meters that measure electromagnetic fields. We have voice recorders, camcorders, night vision cameras, and also trigger items. So, and trigger items are something that, you know, pretty much anybody would want to touch or play with or whatever. And it usually lights up. Or if it's something that would, you know, get them interested or near a piece of equipment that lights up, like if you put out chocolate or something like that, that would be my trigger item. I'd go for the chocolate (laughs) and light up a piece of equipment next to it. That would be, that would be what gets me. Um, But we, we want to put a lot of things out to see what might they want to interact with if they even want to interact with us Now, again, we can't force spirits. I know that, again, there's some shows that want to go out and and force spirit to try and interact. That's not how we roll. You know, we're just like, hey, if you want to talk to us, that's great. We're not going to bully anybody into doing it because I wouldn't like that myself.
0: Yeah, there's a couple of times I'll be watching shows and I'm like, this is just yelling at ghosts. Like, this is not helpful.
1: (laughs) well and if you make anybody mad enough eventually they're going to respond right but i don't want to be on the receiving end of someone that doesn't ever have to sleep Uh -uh. you know so that's that's not okay for me so so yeah we just we put out as many pieces of equipment as we feel are necessary to hopefully entice them into interacting or give them the easiest form of interaction you know this piece of equipment might be easier to interact with us than this piece of equipment so we want to put out a, a variety of different things so that they have we have the best opportunity of, of communication.
0: I'm looking at the picture that you guys posted of the fur coat, side by side pictures, same angle, same everything. And it appears that there's like um like a head poking out from behind mm-hmm. the jacket.
1: Yeah. Super That's, interesting. That was fun. That was one of our investigators, Rochelle. She's actually investigated with us quite a few times. And that was a good shot. And she knows if you're going to take pictures, you take two. This is exactly why. One picture has something, one picture doesn't. You want to see, is it there in every photo, right? If it's there in every photo, it's probably not paranormal. If something is there and one second later, it's not there or vice versa, that's interesting. So that actually where you see the top of the head is where the stairwell comes up to the attic. Oh. So at that point, they were hearing footsteps coming up the stairs and that's why that picture those pictures were taken is because they heard someone coming up the stairs except nobody was there
0: oh my gosh that's wild
1: yeah yeah she showed me those this past weekend and i went you got it this is this is good that That looks like the top of a head which is exactly what you would see if someone was actually walking up those stairs
0: Right. Yeah. Just knowing that's a stairwell behind it. Yeah. That's exactly how someone would ascend those stairs. I'm guessing it was a very narrow staircase too, because that old house. Yep.
1: Yep, Narrow and steep. And yep. Just as soon as you start going up a few stairs, you'd start, if you're already upstairs, you'd see the top of someone's head and then you'd continue to see them as they climb the rest of the stairs. Oh,
0: so crazy.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was fun to see that.
0: What other kind it, of evidence did you guys get from the investigation?
1: Well, we're still going through evidence. I suppose but, it was only a uh, week and a half ago. Yeah, we, we've we had, so there was an audio recording at the same time as that photo was taken because we have to, we also have to debunk, you know, we're not going to just, and that's why I didn't put the photo out right away. I had to make sure that I'm checking with all the teams. Now my team was out in the carriage house. My team was fully accounted for. It was none of my people because when you're, running a larger investigation there are people that want to sneak away and sit by themselves or do whatever i mean it happens it's not very not very often but it does so i want to make sure did any of my people sneak away right because we can't call something haunted that's not haunted that's not that's not right so uh we checked with the other investigator amy her team now this was on tim's team that they caught the photo and they were hearing someone coming up the stairs we check in with amy's team who was down on the first floor and i said were all your people accounted for when you were in the main room? Yes, they were. Nobody left. Nope. Not even to go to the bathroom. Nope. Okay, great. And so we told her what was happening and when, and then she was able to go through her evidence. And she said, yeah, we heard there's noises that we acknowledge while we're investigating that were coming from upstairs at that same time. So it's interesting that we have now another audio recording of movement happening upstairs at the same time they're hearing someone coming up the stairs at the same time that they're getting a photo that looks like the image of a head coming up the stairs Wow! so it's cool when you can layer evidence like that because it it becomes more compelling you're not just some random blob is turning into a, a haunted stairwell we have other evidence that can layer up with this that makes it like well this is really hard to to explain away at this point So, um, and then the activity that was happening while we were investigating equipment was lighting up that it shouldn't light up for any other reason than something is interacting with it. Um, So we're still going through footage because we've had a lot of, (laughs) we've had a lot of investigations last month and this month. So we're still going through our our video footage, our audio footage, we'll get there, but just the (laughs) personal experiences alone, tons of it while we were there.
0: Oh, that is so good to hear because I Mm -hmm. grew up in Long Prairie. I'm very familiar with the Christie house in that neck of the woods. And I just, I've always gotten kind of a vibe from that place. And now I know my vibes are checking out.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. You were feeling it. And the people that are, you know, that volunteer there and that are on the board, they're all saying, yeah, this place, there's stuff happening that you can't explain. And they think it's fun to, to share that with other people, which is why we're doing this now. Well, it's
0: just a great story to get out. So looking ahead to this event you guys have coming up on Halloween, it's on October 31st. What exactly can people expect from that if they want to get signed up for
1: it? Okay, so this event is going to be fun. This is not going to be a paranormal investigation. This is a seance. And if you think of the movies, you think of what a seance would be, it's probably pretty close. You're going to be sitting at a big table in the dark, In the Christie house, beautiful Christie house, we're dressing up because it's Halloween. And why wouldn't you dress up? So we're not talking dressing up, you know, like a cartoon character. We're talking dressing up as if you were going to a seance back in the 1900s, early 1900s. So dress your best and get ready to sit at a big table while we do, we, we call in spirit. And we're going to have some... I'm going to bring a, a crystal ball. I'm going to bring some other uh, fun things that I use, actually use in my business. They will not be props. And we're going to call out Spirit and see if they want to communicate with us. Now, my husband, Tim, will be there with me. We will be leading the seance. So instead of investigating where you're relying heavily on equipment, Tim and I will be opening ourselves intuitively to communicate with Spirit that way. And so we'll be hopefully giving information and messages of who is there, possibly people that loved ones that have have passed on that are coming to the seance. Can't make any promises because I can't promise who's going to show up, but we're going to be doing the seance in a more traditional form where it's using very intuitive information. Now, the cool thing about seances, when I've run them before, people that are attending the seance sometimes have communication directly to them not everything has to go through Tim and I so people have been touched on the shoulder they felt a cold breeze right next to their their body you know or in between two people they'll say I feel cold oh I feel cold too but then nobody else feels cold so sometimes the spirits will be interacting directly with the people in attendance which is always kind of fun Then we will electric have- it is it's so and it's so fun and we will actually have a few pieces of equipment set up too just to give spirit an opportunity to interact with equipment if they think that that might be easier than manifesting some other way so it's kind of fun too when we ask questions because this has happened and as we're getting information pieces of equipment start lighting up which kind of validates you know yeah this is really happening so it's kind of a a a double bonus, right? For the the seance. I think this sounds like so much fun. I can't yes. wait. <laughs> yep. and it's And it's a fundraiser because that's what we need for the Christie House and other places like this. We want these places to stay around forever and they need to be maintained. So it's a win-win.
0: That's fantastic. I am all for this kind of thing. If people are wanting to get tickets,
1: where should they go for that? So you want to go to the uh, Christie House Museum website and I believe it's christiehouse or christiehome.org, excuse me, that you'll want to go to their website and buy the tickets through them.
0: Okay, perfect. And I'll make sure I put links on the show notes for this podcast episode as well just so it's easy access. But man, if you want to get in on this, I think I think everyone if you're itching to sign up sooner rather than later cuz once word gets out, this is going to fill up quick
1: it is and it will. it's already filling up so because it's been posted for a while so people are signing up and they're getting into the halloween spirit and it's a fun thing to do on halloween night there's actually two seances an earlier one and a later one so depending on your schedule or what's going on you can make one or the other and uh, we're going to have a good time
0: i am so looking forward to this i'm literally typing my name in and signing up as we speak perfect <laughs> I am so excited. Heidi, I am so happy that we got to connect over this and I look forward to connecting more in the future. Let's stay in touch. Absolutely. This was great fun, Abby. Thank you so much. Where can people find your group
1: online, your business online, all that good stuff? So my business is My Spirit Experience and the website is myspiritexperience.com and for the paranormal, you can go to minnesotaparanormal.com. Perfect.
0: Well, Heidi, thank you so much and I will see you on Halloween.
1: That sounds great.
0: Thank you so much for checking out the Small Town Tourist podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this spooky episode just in time for Halloween. And please consider coming to this event at the Christie Home. I got my tickets. I know I'm looking forward to it. We have all the information down in the show notes below. If you're looking for more content from the Small Town Tourist, you can always find me on Instagram at the And You can also check out the blog, thesmalltowntourist.com. If there's something that you would like me to dig deeper into or something cool that you know about your town, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can Always send me an email, Abby, A B B E Y, at the dot